1: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking rookies. Which are the best ones and how high should you draft them? Let's go!
0: Jordan open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to Jack. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. with no record for human life.
1: G'day again, and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball today we are going to go through some of the rookies to focus on in your fantasy basketball drafts. Um, these are often sometimes the most unknown prospects out there for your fantasy teams. Obviously, we don't have NBA data on them yet. Um, not a lot of you maybe watch college basketball or have gone through the, the draft process very extensively. Um, and and they're, they're always untested uh, and unproven talents. So, it can be a bit tricky to to get uh a good and confident grasp on where rookies should be going in drafts, but there are some times where we can get some really, really good uh value in, in rookies. Um we'll go through a few players in what in my opinion that should be drafted in most leagues, which one should be in the top one hundred, so on and so forth. And then there'll be a few at the end there that I think are worthy of taking a late round flyer in your last Um, Two to three rounds, and sort of where I sort of see them sitting in, at least to start the NBA season, and what you can expect from them. But before we get into those actual specific players, uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to have a general chat about rookies. I guess some analysts out there have a a strong um, opinion on rookies in terms of you know, not really touching them, not not going near them, not being sure about what they can produce, so avoiding them completely. Some people are the opposite and get sucked into the hype and the um you know, the shiny new toy toy of, of the whole thing where we you know it's the unknown, it's the mystery box kind of kind of phenomenon with the rookies. So I think we've got to take a measured approach to get the best out of these guys. And um I think that these guys here it's the, the biggest thing that we see with a lot of rookies as a general rule of thumb and as a general, um, a general thing to be aware of is that we've got players who are coming into the NBA, they're new and young. The most common thing that we see is field goal percentage is down. And often high turnovers are there as well. So especially when it comes to the guards. So if you take a look at some players like Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green last year, they were both top five picks in the NBA. Struggled um, a lot to start the season. Had plenty of minutes sort of in the mid to high 20s for Suggs and in the 30s for, for Green. First month, first three months of the season, you couldn't really roster them because they were just that bad on your percentages. the The other stats weren't really there, so those are the kind of rookies that I really do worry about. And we've got a couple of those guys that we'll go through at the end of the show, so stick around to talk about them. Um, but the guys that generally do put up some good value are the guys like um, that are the big men or the the bigger wings that are efficient with their scoring and can provide a lot of other stats. Is particularly in the defensive side of things, okay? So in, in history's past, we've had players like uh, Ben Simmons come out and perform really, really well in the rookie rookie season. Um, Anthony Davis, I think, was a top 25 player in his rookie year. Carly Towns was a freaking first-round player. He was the 12th-ranked player in his rookie season. He has never not been a first-round guy. Um, you know, players like th- those kind of builds are players that we can – feel a lot more confident in drafting. Um, DeAndre Ayton, I think, from memory, was a really good player in his rookie season. So these kind of guys are definitely ones that we can elevate a little bit more in our confidence levels and take a bit more um, of an aggressive approach in drafting them. And in some instances, they can outperform uh, our expectations, for example, like a Carl anthony Towns. So... The first few players i 'm going to list them in order of where I think I would be happy to draft them because I think that there is um, obviously you 're going to have different builds and they 're going to provide you different things, but these in terms of my total general production values, I think this is the order that I will draft them in in the most um, in most situations so at number one. My pick for the best rookie this season from a fantasy basketball perspective, again, remember we're talking fantasy, not necessarily who was the best rookie and who was the best player, Um, although maybe there is an argument for this one. Jabari Smith Jr. is my favorite rookie to be drafting this season. I'm pretty high on him. I think that he is someone who you might be able to get a bit of value in drafts, although um, I've heard um, Adam King saying the other day, and and I think B-Dub said the other day, that perhaps because I've been beating this drum a little bit so hard and I've I've gone onto Josh's channel and and talked about him, saying that I'm really keen on him, that maybe this might be changing. But at the moment, he is still ranked um, way lower than I think that what he could be on a Yahoo site. I think that there still is a bit of the the stench of a poor, or in quotation marks, poor summer league. He was dropped from the first pick to the third pick. um, Well, as in he was expected to go number one, and then the Magic tricked everyone, those sneaky, sneaky Magic guys, and um, drafted Paolo Makaro instead. Chet went two, and he slid to three in Houston. I really like the fit in Houston, is another big reason as to why I am really lo- I like this guy. The big fear with Jabari as a prospect in general was the fact that he, he struggled to self-create. He wasn't the best ball handler, um, so if you put him on the Orlando Magic where there wasn't as much spacing, um, he might struggle to get his own shot. In Houston, that's much less of an issue for me, in my opinion, because you've got Alperen Sengun, who's got a lot of gravity in the low post. He's an excellent passer as well. You've got Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green as your perimeter guys that are going to garner a lot of attention from defensive. So Jabari can go at his own pace, step in, hit those open shots. He's an excellent three-point shooter. One of the best we've seen in a long while. He's super young, and he's really good on defense as well. Excellent in his mobility. He works hard. I think the fact that he slid to number three is going to mean that he's going to be really hustling out there and, and getting those really good defensive stats that we need. He was a much better defensive um, stat producer than his counterpart in in college on a per-minute basis. He played much fewer minutes well, I shouldn't say much. I think it was like six fewer minutes per game um, than Apollo did and still put up more defensive stats than he did. Um, and you combine that with the threes that I expect him to make, I think his free throw percentage will be decent. It won't destroy you. Um, because he's not going to be the number one guy, I don't expect there to be a super high amount of turnovers, maybe more than you'd like, considering the fact he's probably not going to get you many assists. But I think, and and the fact that he's, um, you know, he's going to be getting plenty of minutes. I expect him to start day one. They don't really, they shouldn't really put anyone else out there and prioritize anyone above him. So I'm expecting 30 minutes a night. which should get him close to eight rebounds a game, I would would expect. Um, There's just a lot to like for me. And the fact that you can get him in the 90s, in the 80s, I'd be happy to take a swing in the 70s in a punt field goal percentage percentage team even in the 60s because I think that there's definitely top 50 upside here, especially if you are punting that field goal percentage. The risk is that the field goal percentage will be bad and it will be probably likely be in the low 20s sorry, low 40s I should say, definitely not the low 20s, but the low 40s I would expect Um, and and it might be really, it might be in the high 30s to start the year because often it takes a little bit of a time for these guys to get going, so just be prepared for that but I think he will give you value in other areas and I'm I'm a big, big fan Fan of Jabari Smith um, this season, and I think that he would be my number one pick for the rookie from a fantasy basketball perspective, especially in nine category leagues. I think in a points league, it's a bit closer between him and Parlo. I'd, I'd rather, I think I might even rather Parlo than a Jabari in a points league, but it is closer because I think that. The percentages of Paolo will drag his value down. The threes elevate um, Jabari in a category league. So I think it's much closer in that kind of a format, and Paolo might be a bit of a safer bet. Um, But I I do much prefer Jabari in a category league. So that is Jabari, who is my number one rookie this season. Number two rookie, I've already mentioned his name a few times. Uh, It is Paolo Boncaro. He is, I think, the 60th ranked player at the moment on Yahoo. And... um, yeah, I think that's a bit too high for me. I think, obviously, he's going to get that number one pick hype. Um, he's he's really good in points. I think he's going to be a good assist guy, especially for your power forward. That's really nice. The rebound should be decent. Um, I don't think the field goal percentage will kill you, but I don't think it's going to be a positive either. I think it'll be like the mid-40s. He's still a rookie at the end of the day. Um, not many rookies come in, especially as like a primary scorer on their team and, and shoot above 50%. So I don't think he's going to be necessarily a positive there, but he, he maybe won't be as bad of a negative as a lot of other rookies are. Um, I think the turnovers will be quite high if you care about that. And he's going to, I don't know if he's going to get like, maybe he's under a three per game, maybe under a steal, under a block. Um, he might get close, but I don't think it's going to be there. And I'm not as confident in those kind of stats as I am with a Jabari. So, you're basically subbing out um, maybe field goal percentage and assists for a threes, steals, and blocks. So, threes, steals, and blocks in Jabari's favor, field goal percentage and assists in Palo's favor, maybe points a little bit in Palo's fa- favor, turnovers again in, in Jabari's uh, favor. So, he's um, he's not... Super far behind Jabari in my opinion, but I just like a little bit more of what Jabari can provide. And I think that obviously the value in Jabari is much greater than Parlo, who's ranked over 30 spots higher than him currently on Yahoo. Again, I'm recording this on Friday the 16th of September. So if that changes, of course, that does change my mindset. But at this stage... I would expect that he and Jabari are pretty close and pretty head and shoulders above the rest of the pack for me. Uh, again, I think his minutes are fairly safe. I think that he's going to be someone who's going to get 30 a night from day one. He should be starting. Um, I do wonder... Yeah, it would be interesting to see, because I had my concerns and my doubts about Paolo as a, as a player in general leading into the draft. I still had him as my third best prospect. Um, in a similar tier to Jabari, I, I had defensive concerns, I had shooting concerns, but um, I am very interested to see if he can if he can come out there and, and be the, the star player that he was expected to be as the number one pick. Um, I don't know if he... Yeah, I'm a little bit... Maybe I'm a little bit down on Paolo just in general, but I do still think that he will be a good rookie this season. I'm happy to take him in sort of my top 80 sort of range, um, especially if I'm not worried too much about... The uh, lack of threes. I think his free throw percentage might be a bit subpar as well, but nothing terrible uh, as well. So that is Paolo Bonquero, my number two ranked rookie, uh, my third ranked rookie, and probably the final rookie that I'd be happy to draft inside the top one hundred is Keegan Murray. Now, I've seen him go some crazy spots in drafts. I think there are a few analysts analysts out there that are very excited by Keegan Murray. And if you look at his per uh, per 36 college stats, they're unbelievable. Um, He's going to get you a lot of points. The college stats, he put up a lot of defensive stats as well. So... I don't know if that translates uh, very well into the NBA. We do see a lot of guys in college put up a high amount of blocks and a high amount of steals that don't always translate. Um, From the eye test, just looking at him, I'm less confident in his defensive stats translating to someone like a uh, Jabari Smith. Um, I guess the good thing that's going his way is he's paired with a player like a Harrison Barnes and a Sabonis in the front court, who are guys who don't get many defensive stats. They're not big shot blockers or anything like that. So he might have to play a bit of that help side role, and and that might allow him to generate those defensive stats. So he does have some good upside. I'm just less confident with his ability that I am with the other two. So I think whilst the upside might be pretty similar between those top two, my confidence that he's going to get there is just a little bit lower than the other two. So for that reason, he falls a little bit down in my rankings. I also think that scoring is probably not going to be there as, as much as the other the other couple of guys. Maybe Jabari. Um, but he, yeah, Palo should outscore him pretty comfortably because you've got Fox. You've got um, Sabonis there. They're going to be your number one and two guys. Um, maybe Harrison Barnes is ahead of him in the pecking order. You've still got other offensive options there in Huerta and, and other guys off the bench. So I think... Um, I'm really, I'm really pretty confident he'll be a top 100 guy. He has upside to reach sort of that top 70, top 60-ish, maybe if he really puts it together and those defensive stats are really there. Um, he, he does have that upside, so he is someone definitely worthwhile taking the swing on. Um, I'm just, like I said, less confident in him than I am in a Jabari Smith or Apollo Boncaro. Um, the final guy in this um, little section here for the rookies that I think should be drafted is a Walker-Kessler. So, one of the messiest and most unclear rotations in the NBA leading into the preseason is the Utah Jazz. Obviously, they've already made a couple of trades in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. They're very obviously in a tank season mode. Now, does that equal Walker-Kessler coming out and starting at center? Does that mean that he's going to get 25-plus minutes a night from day one? Or are they still going to be trying to put out an assemblance of a team that could be competitive or at least perceived as competitive? I think I was much higher on him before the arrival of Larry Markinen. Larry Markkinen coming over just complicates things a little bit with um, Jared Vanderbilt. What's he going to be doing? There's there's three guys there for the, that those two spots unless they put Larry at the three, which I don't think that they're going to do. Um, but it obviously has been done before. I think... From what I'm expecting, I'm expecting at the start of the season, he's probably in like a 22 to 24 minute a night role. And maybe by the end of the season or at least a couple of months into the season, we can see him push up into a bigger and larger role um, as we go along. So I think that if you can be patient and you need those blocks and rebounds and field goal percentage, um, then he is someone that you can sit on for a little bit and he might even provide good value in those limited minutes to start off with. He's the, the Utah rotation is definitely one that I'm keeping an eye on in the preseason. I want to see what lineups they roll out there to start, if they're multiple different lineups, if they have one that they kind of seem to be going for the majority of the time. I don't know if they want to be playing Vanderbilt at center or, or Larry Markin at center for long stretches. There's only really one other center on the roster in, as a bouquet, and... You know, you might as well put out Walker Kessler, who you traded for, and I think he's got a bit more upside, as Bouquet hasn't really shown anything in the NBA so far. And, um yeah, I just think that... I mean, his block numbers in college were absolutely ridiculous. If you look at his... um if you look at his per 36 numbers, if I just pull it up right here, it's absolutely crazy. Um, per, per 36 numbers in college of 6.4 blocks per game. That is absurd. So, um, yeah, he can get you uh, block shots. He blocked 4.6 in 25.5 minutes in college. Now, like we said, with a lot of the guys in, in college, the the blocks don't translate to the same level. But it does give us, obviously, he does have an ability to block shots. So he could come out and block two shots per game. Um, which is obviously extremely valuable and a very hard category to get high volume of stats in. So um, just that kind of alone, he he should be rebounding. He should be getting good field goal percentage. Um, He doesn't hurt you in the free throw percentage either on high volume. So I think he is definitely someone to keep an eye on. If we get any whisper of the fact that he's going to be starting opening night, then he definitely skyrockets pretty close to top 100 uh, value for me because those blocks are very, very hard to find and um, obviously extremely valuable. So Walker Kessler, definitely a big watch list guy for me in the preseason, but definitely someone I would, even if he's coming off the bench early in the preseason, um, I would still be using a draft pick on him um, to make sure that he is on my roster in case something changes in the first little bit of the season. So I don't think he's far away from getting good minutes. The next couple of... um, I've got now... How many guys have I got? Five other players here that don't necessarily need to be drafted by your team, but are definitely guys that I think that are worthy of a late-round flyer-type pick. Chances are the majority of these guys are probably not going to be... Top 150 guys for the first maybe two or three months of the season. Um, very similar to what we saw last season with Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green. Um, Alper and Shangoon is another example that we were obviously very excited about. But just comes a point where you can't hold these guys any longer. But there is the off chance that they, they take out our expectations and just perform well from the get-go. A guy like Donovan Mitchell comes to mind. I believe Shea alexander was a a similar kind of uh, player that was, you know... If you took the flyer on him late in drafts in his rookie year, it paid off, and he, and he was good, and he was good from the start. So these these things can happen. It's just un, less likely, and I think um, you, you'll sort of see what I mean when I when I get through them. The first guy here that probably is the biggest name, and he might get drafted a bit too high based on just where he went in the actual NBA draft and how exciting he is to watch. And that's Jaden Ivey. I like me Jaden Ivey. I think he's a really exciting young player. I see really good potential in his NBA ability. I love his explosiveness I love his ability and potential on defense as well but when it comes to fantasy and his stats it's, it's less exciting because um, especially pairing next to Cade who was probably still going to be the primary distributor on the team the primary playmaker and get all those assists Jaden Ivey look he shot the ball well from three all right in college prior to last season of college he wasn't considered a good three point shooter he improved it greatly I'm still a little bit skeptical that that's going to translate to high volume threes in the NBA, but he could maybe get you like one to one and a half threes is probably where I'd have him pegged in that kind of area. He might, the the best thing he might do is score some points. So maybe he does find himself getting 18 to 20 points per night, but I think it will be inefficient. He was also a poorer free throw shooter in college as well. So he's going to hurt both percentages. The turnovers are going to be high. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a big rebounder. His blocks are not going to be there in high volumes. He could come out and maybe, you know, just in a faster pace system, gambling a lot, get you a lot of steals. I don't. I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe the assists are there. There's a bit more in his hands than Cade's than what we initially thought. So there, there is a possibility that he holds good value. And I think he's a really good player. Um, so I don't hate taking him with sort of my, my 10th or 11th pick if I'm really looking for those upsidey kind of players and, um, you know, some guys that can score and maybe get me some assists here and there. Um, so, Jaden Ivey definitely can do that, and he is the top-ranked guy that I've got here on these late-round flyers just because I think he is um, probably the best talent of these groups, and I think he's probably the one that I think... I mean, I would expect him to be starting opening night, although... Um, Dwayne Casey does do some funny things from time to time. So, you know, he, he might not. It's not guaranteed. Definitely something to watch in preseason. But Jaden Ivey is someone who definitely should be worthy of a late-round flyer. Benedict Matherin is my next one. He could start. He could come off the bench. Depends on what they want to, what they want to do with Buddy Heald and Chris Duarte. I think that there's, like, two starting spots for those three guys. They could go with a... Um, Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton starting at point guard, but then it could be... My, my prediction would be Buddy and then Matherin start, and maybe Duarte comes off the bench in a similar role to what he did last year. I think that's kind of his role and what it will be in the NBA. But they could they could start with Matherin on the bench and, and Duarte in the starting lineup and bring him along a bit slower. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised by that. But in, in any case, I expect him to get decent minutes right off the bat. The paces aren't really going anywhere this season, and um, I I think he walks in almost as one of their better players, Um, but his fantasy game just isn't that exciting. Points and threes, cool. Um, Maybe the free throw percentage is decent. Maybe there's low turnovers because he's not creating the ball much. Maybe he can get a steal per game, but the the likelihood of all those things happening together is, is lower, and even if it does, it's not super high upside, so... He's a safer guy in terms of the minutes, and I think he's going to be getting a decent run early. Um, but the upside, I think, is lower than most of these other players in this uh, in this range. So that's what I sort of think of Benedict Matherin. I don't think I've drafted him yet in any mock drafts so far, just because um, he usually goes before. I think it's worth. He's he's definitely like a last round, maybe. Yeah, are a 12th round pick in, in most cases for me. Um, the next guy here I really do like, Tari Eason. And I've planted my flag here pretty early on. Um, if you go back to our mock drafts of the actual NBA drafts and rookie rankings and things like that, our uh, big boards, I was always pretty high on Tari Eason. I like his game. I like his um, athletic profile. He's got a huge wingspan, massive hands, um, generate steals and blocks, can play... Up on the fast break, really well. Rebounds really nicely. Um, he's he's my Alperen Sengun of this season. It's funny because he's on the same he's on the same team as Sengun was last year. That's good because he's obviously got. A, they're in a rebuild mode still. They're going to be at the end of the season giving their guys, the young guys, a lot of minutes. I don't think he starts day one, though. I don't think I think he comes off the bench. You're going to have um, maybe Eric Gordon starting at the three or Jay Sean Tate, one of those two. Um, so I think he comes off the bench. The thing that he's got going for him that Shengun doesn't is he's much more versatile. He can play three, he can play four. He's versatile on defense. I think that will um, get him playing time. He had an excellent summer league, so I think there's already a bit of hype and excitement about him. Um, so he's, he started off on the right foot and he's just an excellent fantasy producer. So those, those rebounds, steals blocks are all going to be there. I think the points will be decent. I think the the field percentage will be okay. He's not going to, not going to tank it like, um, like a Suggs did last season. He's not going to be getting the amount of volume that a player like that will. And, um, Yeah, I just think he's a really, really nice player. He's definitely worthy of a last round pick, in my opinion. You might even want to go the second to last round pick if you know people are going to be hunting those kind of guys, because if he hits, even if he just plays maybe 25 minutes a night, there's some good upside there, especially if you do need those defensive stats. And um, yeah, I do really like me some Tari Eason. Um, Last couple of guys are a bit of a long shots. Um, I think that I definitely have ranked these guys in the order in which I would take them in, and and the confidence that I have them in. So the next one here is Mark Williams. Bit of a similar story to Walker Kessler. I just don't trust his coach as much. Um, I don't trust the. I don't trust what I saw at Summer League. I know Summer League sometimes can get a bit. Um, we take it into our minds a bit too much. Exactly what I said with Jabari Smith. Some people are taking too much of that on board. It's more just what I saw and the way he moves and things like that. Um, I don't know. He, he's, he profiles really nicely, again, with good rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage, classic big man stats. So if he does get minutes, and it's only Mason Plumlee in front of him, so it's not like he's trying to get past Joel Embiid or anything like that. So you could see him get minutes early on um, pretty quickly, but I think the coaches are renowned rookie hater. I shouldn't say hater, but he just takes his time to give the minutes um, he's going to play a slower pace than what they did last season, which, you know, it's not the end of the world. I still think that he's worthy taking a flyer on if you need those big man stats. And and again, one that we should definitely be watching closely in Summer League. Um, obviously, when the draft happened, before they had the coach, we were all very excited about Mark Williams because it was the Hornets. They've been looking for a centre for so long. Here comes this great defensive centre. He's going to give us blocks and rebounds, and it's going to be great. The coach, really puts a bit of cold water on that on that excitement. But I don't think we should put out the excitement altogether. I think he's still someone worthy of taking with your last pick, uh, especially and and it could rise. It could rise up to that Walker Kessler level if we see him getting good minutes or starting in, in preseason. If he's starting in preseason, I think he gets up pretty close to top one hundred value for me. So. Um, a decent amount of upside here, I'm just less confident with his path to minutes, especially earlier on in the season. And then the last guy here, who's really, really just a bit of a flyer, I'm, I'm not very confident on this guy, but I thought I'd put him on here because there is enough chance that he comes out and surprises us all, and that is Jeremy Sohan for the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs obviously not going to be competitive this season, they're going to be playing their youth a lot. Um, Jeremy Sohan is, again, similar to Tari a very versatile player, an excellent defender. And we've seen guys like Herb Jones and things like that earn playing time because of that. Now, he's younger than a Herb Jones, um, and Herb Jones came into a Pelicans team. He shot a lot better than we thought. Spurs have that kind of reputation similar to, to the Pelicans as well. So perhaps he's been working on his jump shot, and it's enough to get him out onto the court. I think that historically Spurs don't play their rookies a lot, but I think Jeremy Sohan could potentially be the exception because of his versatility and there's not a whole lot of depth at the front court. I mean, you've got Doug McDermott there. Like, are we expecting him really to start? Maybe. Uh, maybe Keldon Johnson's playing in the power forward and they put Primo in there. Hard to say. Again, another close uh, preseason watch. But someone, if you're, if those all those other names are off the board, and you and you wanted someone with a little bit of upside, and especially defensive stats, maybe some assists and, and rebounds, um, very Draymond Green light ish. Um, then he is someone that I definitely could consider um, as as a sort of a last round flyer if he gets the minutes. And if it's not there, again. He's probably someone that if we don't see it early, we can probably move on pretty quick because then we can just assume that it's Spurs being Spurs, taking their time with these rookies, and then uh, moving on. Those are our rookies, and those are all the rookies that I would probably be recommending to draft in your standard nine category leagues. Obviously, if the league goes deeper, you might start to look at some other guys, but these are the main ones that I'm keeping an eye on into the preseason and for draft season. So let me know what you think with comments down below. Do you agree with me that Jabari Smith is going to be the best rookie this season in fantasy basketball? Or do you think it's Palo or Keegan Murray or someone else? Um, where would you have Chet if he was healthy? For me, Chet was easily going to be a top 50 guy. I was very comfortable taking him in the 40s. He would have been awesome. Awesome. It sucks that he's not going to be healthy. I was looking forward to seeing him put up some monster stats in the NBA, uh, but not to be. Make sure you guys check out our uh, ballboysnba.com. We've recently put up our field goal percentage punt guide. Our first Q&A uh, podcast is up there as well. Check it out. $10 for the whole season. Otherwise, subscribe, thumbs up. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.